This is Rob McAllister, play-by-play announcer for the Sacramento Republic, and you are now listening to the three most intelligent, sexiest, strongest, biggest men I know in the world, and they have the Northern California's number one soccer-specific podcast. I'll be doing with you now. What is going on, Sacramento soccer fans? And welcome to the number one soccer-specific podcast in Sacramento, Sacktown FC Podcast, powered by Reboot and sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. Check them out today at roughneckscarves.com and raise your game. My name is Luis, and today I'm joined as usual by my co-host, Danny and John. How are you guys doing? Doing pretty good, man. Uh, I've been super busy at work, uh, but I'm happy that everything's... Uh, somewhat settling down so yeah hanging in there doing good i'm doing good i'm just trying to beat the heat this pool can't be built fast enough uh but we're we're, we're hanging in there hanging in there lots of slip and slide today lots of slip and slide yeah definitely yeah it's a it's a hot day it's a hot day here again too so today we are joined by a sacramento lifer he grew up playing baseball and basketball for the thundering herd of rockland before he left the area for a few years to graduate from cal poly you may u- be used to his sweet sweet pipes that would be filling your tv with republic games but now you hear it doing recaps joining us via the Makuni dreamline please welcome rob McAllister. rob thanks for joining us and how are you doing man sacktown fc boys how are we doing this afternoon Ooh, yeah, good, loving bro. that voice loving <laughs> lo- here we go loving that voice <laughs> we're ready to go hey i'm just so happy to be talking about sp- soccer I- i'm I feel like I've been punished or I'm on some like extended holiday break that I didn't know about. It's just brutal. But yeah, and you talked about doing the Republic Rewind. So at least we have those. But, you know, it, it's a lot of fun. But I, I really do miss the uh, live unknown matches for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's awesome to see us, you know, winning the championship. But sadly, it's not number two. It's still number one. But <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, hopefully we get there. Hey, the yeah, question you know, I have is if it's, replayed over and over again and we are in a time where it's like groundhog day and we keep playing that game on the same day but we just change the date does that mean we we keep winning the championship on that specific time i mean bill murray got to keep redoing the same thing over and over again but he got to do he had to get it right though see we already got it right before so we'll we'll figure it out and that's that's kind of the bummer though about this year i was so excited to see this team out there I think they had another year together. You brought in some additional pieces. I think the way Mark plays is very similar to the way Precky plays, sort of that quick pressure attacking style that, A, is really fun to call, but also great to watch as a fan. And, you know, I think it's one of those things where it's not only quality, but it's results. And hopefully we'll get to see that. But it's been it's been uh, a bit rough to, to get a little tease of it. And then that's it. Taken away. Snatched from us. Two, two games that we get to see in person. I don't know if you got to go into those preseason games that were behind closed orbs, but I was impressed with the pressure, I was, the, the pressing and, and staying on top of the ball. Almost like everybody on the pitch was an Edgar Davids. They lose the ball, and it was their job to get it back real quick. And I think that's, a, that's the difference in this year's team compared to the last maybe few years. Um, Buckle had that going, but I think we haven't seen that style, that pressure since Brecky. Absolutely. I think the midfield is the best it's been. I mean, you have Drew Scundrich, and then you have, you know, Andrew Wheeler Amano. Uh, and those boys know how to fly. They're great on pressure, and it allows your strikers up top to do so many different things. And then when they work as a unit, uh, it's magical. And, you know, what you didn't really get to see is Carlton Belmar. You know, we saw him in the preseason, Real Monarchs. 
uh, and he's dangerous. I mean, he's going to be fully fit, hopefully, when they all come back. And I think they have a deeper team this year. I think they're quicker. Uh, man, I just, I just got to get to the field. Got to get to the field. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that that midfield is just overloaded. I think there's so much talent at midfield. One guy goes down, next man up. And the same thing, a lot of people were saying that we didn't have enough forwards to begin the year. But I don't think they understand what Cam can do on his own as a, as a lone mid, uh, forward who can drop into the midfield. And even Belmar, I mean, yeah, it's hard to play when you can't breathe out of your nose. I get it. But it would have been nice to see him that first game. No, you know, and it's, it's true. But, yeah, you know, Roro is so good. He's so adaptable to different positions. And then you think, you think about Jaime Villarreal can come in. He played a lot of defensive midfielder last year. But he's a guy who can also move forward. He doesn't have the pace, but he can at least dictate a few things. And then, of course, you need Sam. I think Sam was going to only be better this year. William Bijev has played up top in his career. So I think you had options. Um, it just sort of depends to see how it all works. And I wouldn't even be surprised if they, you know, did get back on the field this year, if you see maybe three in the back. I think they're so solid in the midfield, you could almost test that and, and move up forward and get more guys in that final third. So first question tonight. Um, you grew up playing baseball and basketball how did you fall in love with the game of soccer in that capacity where you're now doing it for a living essentially yeah you know it's so you know i graduated in 99 and in the 90s i was the, the tiger woods era where you played one sport right and i was you had to commit to something and i'm six three so soccer wasn't really top of mind growing up i was always a little bit taller and so i probably would have been on the back line <laughs> or playing goalkeeper uh but you know, for me, it was always something some of the friends played, but it was always, you know, baseball and basketball I grew up and even golf and uh, not till college where, you know, there's this new thing called internet radio. <laughs> you could actually broadcast games on the internet and it was awesome. It gave me a great opportunity to call sports, you know, volleyball and soccer was one of the first ones and parents loved it. And I didn't know a lot about soccer. Um, it wasn't pervasive as it is now. And, but we had really good teams. We had an amazing women's team at Cal Poly. And so I'd call the games and we just happened to be in the same booth where the men's camera would be filming the games. And so a buddy of mine would just be calling the games, trying to get reps in. And, you know, one of our guys on the soccer team was one of our close friends. And I said, he said, Oh, we've been listening to you. I'm like, Oh no. Like just, you know, embarrassed. I was like, oh, this can't be good. He's like, no, you guys are super funny because you don't know everything about soccer, but you know sports and you, you're understanding the game. And so it's fun to hear it. Like it makes our film sessions more fun to watch. We turn the volume up now. And I was like, okay, I can do this. And that gave me confidence. And I think since college, I started following a little bit. MLS wasn't as big and then um, got the opportunity to, you know, call Republic games in, you know, late, uh, 2013 2014 was you know, given the notice and uh man I, I, it's our number one sport in our household i've got friends and family you know they're, they're hooked on it now they understand just how amazing it can be and the greatest thing is i tell everyone i said it's not like some of these sports where you you show up at seven you're gonna get home maybe at midnight you're probably gonna be home at 9 30 or out at the bars whatever your uh, your vice may be so that's the best part you're, you're in and out you get to have a great atmosphere with great people and it's not going to, you know, take away your entire life just to watch a game. Yeah, that, that's I, awesome. You know? I don't know about that one. I think I would give up my life at some points, especially if it was <laughs> like a, if it was Manchester United winning the winning the championship against Liverpool or City or even a Champions League. Like I'd give up my the rest of my day to to partake in whatever was out there. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, there's just the festivities around it, but you're not, you're not stuck, you know, watching six hours of the same match, trying to hope something will, you know, come out of it. So I think that's the great part. And obviously when the stakes are higher, you go to extra time and you have penalty kicks, which, you know, love them or hate them is exciting. So. Yeah. And and I think with the MLS, they're probably going to hear more of the stories, you know, where people maybe have not gone to a game, they'll go to a game and then we got more more fans too so it's it's amazing to see how how much the sport is just going to keep growing like that so great, great well we talked about that. the republic rewind and i watched a little bit of the uh championship game to kind of prep for what we're doing on saturday and tell you what that it, it's incredible to see those fans just screaming their heads off i mean before the kick everyone's in their seats going crazy all the way through to the you know the the ceremony at the end so you know that latest uh, republic rewind will be something to sort of fun to watch and that that big game atmosphere it does even rise up to another level yeah so, so speaking of that game i mean you we could say that you are pretty much a part a big part actually of uh, republic history being you know our first uh, play-by-play announcer you got the chance to you know uh, do the play-by-play on that final game as you know we win our first championship you know, in your opinion, what has it been like to be with the Republic since day one? Uh, it's been a dream come true. Honestly, uh, from the time I was little, I always wanted to broadcast uh, sports and I wanted to be with a club. And, you know, one of my goals was to be with a big time club and broadcasting games, you know, per professional team by age of 35. And, yeah, I, I think we're a big time club. So I think I got that mark and uh, I hit it. So, you know, it's been better than anything. I know probably baseball and basketball, I've called those. I've done some Rivercats games and done some college and high school stuff. And, and there's a lot of, of fun in that. But I'll tell you what, the the passion, watching soccer, being able to be a part of this club and watch it grow and see the city wrap its arms around the club and the club wrap its arms around the city. It's 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 unique. You can't just create this and just hope it happens. It has to be organic. And I think some day one, everyone involved in the club just gets it. And it's a special to be a part of that because I think we have amazing fans. And I don't just say that, but I think people are really passionate. And I think we have had amazing players come through. I think really great personalities. I don't really care how they do on the on the field. These have been really good people. And so for me, it, it does feel like a big family. And I really miss going to the games. I As much as I miss calling the actual games and watching the games, I miss seeing a lot of the people that I used to see you know, every weekend out of these matches. So uh, how hard has it been if, Has it been for you personally, Rob, not having live games to call? Well, I'll tell you what, I play a lot more golf now. So <laughs> dropping my handicap. So, you know, it's, I've had to find things to focus on. And one thing I said, you know, during this quarantine, I'm going to focus on three things to get better at. And I was like, one's going to be golf. So we're going to improve. We're going to lower that handicap. So if it doesn't get you know lower, we're going to have a little bit of a, <laughs> a problem. Maybe we give up next year. But uh, that was one thing. And that thing I said, you know, I'm, I'm going to start going back, start playing more guitar. So I got a new guitar again, and I've been playing. So it's been really fun to to have that creative outlet, which I don't have playing games. And the other thing was I'm going to immerse myself further in soccer culture, soccer tactics. So I've been studying a lot about, you know, what teams do what historically, what have teams done? I mean, the game is so different now where, you know, 70s and 80s, you'd have players that would almost be able to play any position. But now you have guys who are so specialized. Everyone has to play some type of defense now. But you really, if you're, you know, a left back, you better be amazing at that position. You don't need to be just good at it and then good as a midfielder. 
So I've been studying a lot, been reading a lot, just picked up uh, Grant Wall's new book, uh, Masters of Modern Soccer. Great read. Absolutely love it. Some really cool insight uh, from some of the top players in the game. Highly recommend. So I've, I've sort of thought those are my three things I'm going to focus on, you know, outside of obviously family and friends. But And so it's kept me busy and kept my uh, creative side engaged while we're uh, waiting for games to return. So that's that's been how I've sort of been handling it. So, you know, I think you got to make the best of situations. And that's those have been my uh, personal things to get better at. Have you uh, started or ha- have you read Zonal Marking? Uh, I've heard of it. I think it's on my, my list to read. It's a good read. Um, All right, I'm going to make sure I'll, to double check that one. I'll be done with it in a couple of days. I'll have to let you borrow it. It's a, gr- it's a great right. book. And I just read uh, Ru- uh, Rude Hullett's uh, book, How to Watch Soccer. Fascinating from a guy. I mean, he, he is just such an interesting character. But the way that he saw the game, and obviously as a player, as a coach, and then obviously as a broadcaster, so it's it's fun to get different perspectives from people um, because I think it's it is the world's game and everyone has a different style. Everyone has a different opinion of what is best, and I think it's it's great to get all those different um, sides and and see how it works. And maybe uh, we can start seeing it with the Republic on some of these. I mean, I don't know if we're going to be Barcelona quite yet and and playing in that attacking style, but there's some similarities in what Mark Briggs is trying to do. So I, I think it's fun to see where some of these coaches are grabbing. Uh, some of their, you know, tactics and some of their influencers are coming from. So even though you're you're not calling soccer, you're still active with soccer reading and obviously doing the rewind. What makes the rewind unique, not just for you, but also for the fans, and also at the same time makes it fun. Well, I think what it's worked is because you we've had you know Roro in the first episode, and he's able to give us insight in that match. Like what he was thinking at that time. I, I always don't like the question every day. What were you thinking when? Because it almost just seems too late and I got to think about it. But when you're in the moment and you actually can watch it, and it's like, well, I was trying to go right. I was trying to go left or whatever I was trying to do. Or, you know, when Max Alvarez was trying to grab and he wanted to take the free kick like that, I was like, oh, no, we didn't know that. And so those insights to me are really great. And then the relationships are amazing too. You know, finding out what Precky told them at halftime, we didn't really have that opportunity to talk to them. But to happen. Precky is not going to let us know what he told his players. And they're sure as heck not going to tell, you know, Julissa Ortiz was on the sideline that night. Hey, we just, uh, I just chewed out Rodrigo Lopez and told him if he doesn't get it to gear, he's coming out of the game. And you're just not going to say that. So it's great to see that and hear that now. And I'm excited about, you know, what some of these other players will, will hear from throughout you know, the rest of the year. And um, I, I want to keep doing them, but also I don't want to keep doing them because that means the season's back. But you know, I think in the latest episode with Tommy Stewart, you should see you know where he has his influences and what he thought of because he came off the bench in that game. So uh, it'll be really interesting to see his perspective and you know a lot of the dynamics of that first year really come out to life in those games because your memory comes back when you have not only to be able to see it but that feeling. And that's what I'm more interested in, in these rewinds is that you get the the feeling and the energy from those players and how they felt at the time. So I, I had a question I wanted to throw it in there. You, you were saying this year and kind of going forward, what are your thoughts on other clubs sending out feelers to their fan base? So I've noticed that uh, St. Louis got like a survey um, from their ticket group or representatives asking, hey, um, would you be inclined to come to a game at, if we did social distancing? Do you ever see something like that maybe from the Republic? 
Interesting. You know, I haven't heard that. The only thing I know is that from a league perspective that uh, there are many teams and I, this, this is don't, you know, I don't know this for sure, but I think of like the Republic. I think of Reno. I think of New Mexico. I think of these clubs that have a pretty strong fan base in the sense that they're probably going to tune in and watch these games online. And I think of the other clubs that are smaller that probably only have a couple hundred fans per game, or maybe they're an MLS two team where they're in the same city. They're probably not going to draw the same amount of fans as the parent club. So I think those clubs in some sense for technical reasons, want to get out on the pitch and get their guys ready. So if they could bring somebody up into that first team, however, as an operation standpoint, it probably doesn't make much sense because you're not going to get any uh, revenue through advertising because it really just isn't going to be the numbers. I think with Republic, New Mexico, and some of those other clubs, even El Paso, you're probably going to get that interest from the fan base. So I, I think it's, it's it's easy from that perspective to say from a business side, yeah, let's do it. Republic, we want to do it. Obviously, we've got aspirations, not beyond just this season, but obviously to 2022 with MLS. So I think for ML, you know for Sacramento, I think they really want to make this happen. I think what's hard is how do you do it safely? Everyone's going to have a different opinion. So let's just say you have 51% of your fan base that says, yes, return. Is that going to make it? easy and okay for everyone else it's going to be really tough so i don't know if that really helps them unless it's 99 percent. then you might say okay we got to figure this out but it's hard to do social distancing you're not going to allow fans to go get food go to the bathroom what are you going to do so that's where it becomes difficult um in in making this all work and uh, man i don't know (laughs) i don't know what the answer is i don't know if republic will do that you know they've been very engaging in the past on these type of things and but I don't know if that data actually answers your questions. No, I, and I, I can see that. I mean, I, I see it as more of a, there's going to be an opportunity. I think we're going to see regional tournaments um, that would be located in the states that are open. So you, right now you have California. Uh, there's rumors that Arizona is going to be open in the next few days, Texas as well. So those are big states. Florida, obviously, everybody's going to Florida. So you could see regional tournaments taking place on the on, on, in those areas with, with, region, with regional ability. So who knows? We'll see. Yeah, and I, maybe that is a good answer. I think it's just it's been so difficult for MLS, and of course, Major League Baseball is always a mess in some uh, form or fashion. The NBA has had a hard time. I think it's just difficult. There's so many things at play, and there's so many factors that go into it. I mean, when you're 12 years old, it's a little easier. You don't have families really, you know, concerned about in terms of just the player itself. When you're a player, you've got families, you've got all the support staff, and there's just a lot more to think about, which. And everyone wants it, but if you know they do it, and then there's a huge outbreak in the league, they're going to get crucified for that. So I don't. Again, there's not an easy answer. If there was, I think we've already seen it. Yeah, and on that, you know, social distancing. Uh, no, you know, I think the one of the questions I have myself is how much that's going to probably impact the supporter culture. And like with Tower Bridge, I'm a part of Tower Bridge. I know Danny here founded Los Unicos, uh, one of our new supporter groups, and really how how is that going to impact all that groups? And are they, re- are they still going to be in the same quantities out in the game? Or are we going to see less fans out? You know, like if they implement something like that, it's going to impact our, our supporter culture like a lot. Yeah. The one thing I think you could do with fans, if, if there's still a concern, maybe you let so many, and I, I don't know how you, this may cause discriminatory issues, but maybe you just allowed the supporter groups in, right? And you get so many members and you spread them out around the stadium. So you're, I don't know, 15 feet apart and you have the drums. At least you have some sort of real 
a fan base and cheering. I bet you guys would be loud enough. You know, I, I really do. I think it'd make it okay. Now, maybe not in Camp Nou in Barcelona where, you know, a hundred people probably not going to sound great, but I think in some of the smaller stadiums, I think you could do a, a, an option there that makes it exciting, still feels a little bit real. And let's be honest, Sacramento, even if you had a couple hundred, probably more than typical, some of these other clubs get. So I think you'd be louder. And, and so there's, there's options like that, but you know, then again, you know, are you going to say you guys can't congregate anywhere? You can't do pregame. That's that's just it's all these things. And who wants to enforce that, right? If there's ten people who are saying no, we're going to tailgate now, and so it's just so difficult. I, I don't envy anybody at the front office trying to make these decisions. Yeah, enforcing I, I, is definitely going to be big. <laughs> I can see him going to season ticket holders too, and just saying, "Hey, look, you you purchase season tickets. We're going to allow season ticket holders to have priority. If you want to go to the game, here's your ticket. If you don't, please let us know." We'll, we'll give it to next in line or we'll open it up per ticket or season ticket holder who's not owning it, who owns the seat, who gives it up. We'll sell your ticket to um, somebody else. I think that would be something that they could look into. Yeah, uh, I think a lot of times we know we talked about kind of the broadcast side, what options are. And we probably would broadcast from a remote location. Like if there's going to be a, a site, let's just say, I don't know, San Jose, whatever is the host site. And you just have all the teams go there. I think they would feed it and we would just not even be there. We'd probably be at a studio calling games. I mean, they do it for Olympics. We've done it. We do it for Republic at times. And so I think there's an option for broadcasters, even even if MLS was to do it and not have a centralized, you know, ESPN or Fox only broadcast, you could still have your local teams do it. So there's a lot of options, especially with technology. Now, I think there's, there's ways to keep fan engagement. And I don't mean, what do you guys think about the Bundesliga? I mean, piping and noise. It sounded so weird that first week. It's, and then the second week, I was more okay with it than I thought I would be. It just felt normal because I didn't need to sit and watch every play. It was sort of in the background a little bit. I didn't have a you know team in the race there, but I don't know. How did you guys feel? I was okay until the until I found out that the players couldn't hear it. And then when oh, I yeah. found out that players couldn't hear it, I was like, no, now I want to hear what the players are saying because as a coach myself, like I want to know, I want my kids to understand how important communication is on the field for tactical reasons or whatever it may be. I want I want my players to understand how important conversation is on the pitch because I get kids who are like, I'm not going to say anything. I don't, I don't talk. So even if it's in German, (laughs) Hey, you can learn German real quick. (laughs) (laughs) The problem with, you know, the, you know, having some of the players, I think the NBA is going to have problems with this if they go to, is that you have, you know, some trash talking, you have obviously curse words you got to worry about. And so I don't know how they regulate that. And probably as a player, you don't want that. And some coaches probably don't want it either, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. I, I at least was comforting to hear it. Is is was my take, but um, I don't know. I thought it was the Dutch league who did who did the uh, massive uh, Zoom fans. That's funny. I think that was good. That was a really in, intuitive idea. But I don't know. Uh, it's kind of creepy. At the same time, too, a bunch of people. I don't know. <laughs> they just start doing weird things because they're at home. I don't know. Go to the bathroom and they're taking the Zooms. You know, we've all seen the the horror stories. So, but I, I like I like that they tried. And I think that, you know, you, some people have to be given for at least trying something. And if it doesn't work, then you, you move, you pivot. But yeah. yeah. And, and it's good to see them, you know, bringing back our, our sports to life. And I think that they, they've done a good job overall and really, uh, you know, doing all the protective measures and, and whatnot. So it's, it's good to see them, you know, leading the way uh, amongst all the leagues. So. so I know all of us here as fans, you know, we have this question because, we haven't really heard much on, on the state of the Republic and, you know, what's going on. 
in your opinion, why do you think that, you know, we're not getting any updates on, on the current state? So originally, so you know, a lot of guys, um, they live, so some of the guys live together. So if you live together, you could train together. So that, that was part of the thing the league was already doing. I think they opened it up to now where there's four players at any given time, only a medical trainer, and then one coach, but they can't actually coach. They can only give like the plan or whatever. So uh, I think all the clubs are doing that now. I know the Republic has, has been doing that, but pretty much just trying to keep guys fit. You know, those who were hurt, they were trying to get them healthy. Um, but yeah, they're, you know, they're doing, they're doing zoom, like stretching and, and all the different uh, training sessions and they do, they do film. Uh, I know coach uh, Briggs has been giving them homework assignments. And so I don't think it's a, for lack of, they're trying to keep anything back. It's just, they haven't really known what to do. And, um, the, the league is really USL has been telling them what they can and can't do. And so that's really the latest. And right now they're just waiting. They're just having guys, you know, do light workouts and stay healthy more than anything. Um, other than that, I don't, I don't think they know what to say. You know, they're, they, they don't want to have a season scrapped. I know there's a lot of work behind the scenes. I can tell you that, that they're trying to save it. You know, I know the Republic front office really wants to have a season in some form. So, uh, they're fighting it, but there's, there's some clubs in USL that don't want it. And that's the truth. And so it's not a one team league, right? There's what, 34 now, 36 about to be. So that, that's sort of the issue. Like that's probably the the update. So I think the hard part is that there hasn't been a lot of updates to give. Do you think that the teams that that don't, or that just, you know, don't want the league to resume, are they maybe teams that don't draw as big of crowds, maybe like Orange County? I would assume so. I mean, that their whole revenue base is on fans. I mean, all minor leagues are really, right? I mean, look at minor league baseball. I mean, you're not going to see minor league baseball this year. And I don't know, you know, triple A teams are probably going to be okay, but double A, single A, uh, are they going to last some of those? I don't know. I mean, they're already running on thin margins. And so, um, you know, USL is going to be interesting as well as how, how do they navigate this when 90% of your revenue probably comes from ticket gates. Well, I mean, you can go, you always go back to the early 2000s, right? When Munich paid or gave a loan to Dortmund and kept them afloat. Why, why couldn't we potentially see MLS teams, major league baseball teams, NHL, you know, NFL white, why maybe we don't see those teams potentially go down the pipeline and and provide services or even a, a loan to these littler clubs and give them an opportunity to stay alive. I don't think it's a terrible idea, but you know, someone's got to write that check. <laughs> and so and, and owners don't want to pay for stuff right now. We see yeah. It's, it's tough unless you're on, you're given a part of an ownership part of it, or, you know, I don't know. That's, that's a tough part. That's an answer. I don't really have, cause I don't have that kind of money. So no one's going to ask me to help float a uh, major franchise, but yeah, I mean, I, I think what you're getting at there is a collective will and, and understanding that like the soul of the country's love for soccer benefits when it's, it's a far out reaching. You're grabbing a bigger fan base versus having fewer teams. And so I, I get what you're saying. I, I, you know, applicable. I don't know how it is, but that's probably uh, something to consider in some form. I mean, you look at the you know, Bayern Munich and those guys, those clubs are the, one of the richest in the entire world, right? It's a different, when you're talking about FC Cincinnati, helping to float somebody versus Byron or Barcelona or, you know, the oh. others. Is it Rail Salt Lake's owner that has the most expensive dime in the world, or is it Colorado? I can't think of which one it is, but there's uh, one well, owner. Colorado is uh, the Rams owner who also owns part of Arsenal. Uh, no, so then name? it's then it's the Rail Salt Lake guy who has. And like then a yeah, dime. Leroy, uh, Hansen over at Salt Lake City. So he bought like a 
couple million dollars worth of a dime, one dime that was in, <laughs> in I'll fact check it, but it was, it was an expensive dime. It's like a $6 million dime. Yeah. And you know, and he's gotten, he's gotten a lot of heat for some of the things that he has done and probably deservedly so, but he's also one of the first in the country to really put money into academy programs. He built that beautiful facility uh, down in south of Salt Lake City is not Ogden, but maybe just south of that area. But he also had the training programs in Arizona. You know, so I, I think, you know, the owner group, he, he's had a lot of ideas to at least try to expand the game and, and feed talent through his system. And, you know, whether you agree with that or not, but he's tried to go the academy route and hopefully sell players that will ultimately make them more money and grow the league. So, you know, I, I don't think everyone's perfect, but he's, he, I think he's invested a lot of money in, into the game, especially for the United States. $1.3 million for the dime. What's so special about this dime? Um, it's a 125-year-old silver, um, one of only nine of its kind. Right. Hey, Still ten handsome, cents. Man. I, I mean, you could, make a, you could make an argument. Someone would say, man, why would you spend a million dollars on a soccer team? You know what I mean? I guess whatever... Whatever your hobby is, is uh, it's uh, what they say is that fandom is uh, only crazy when it's not the thing that you're into, right? That's true. Yeah. <laughs> so, Rob, what are your thoughts on the NWSL having a tournament starting in June? Uh, I think it's great. I think it's absolutely great. I mean, I, I think that women's soccer is something that we continue to, to hopefully build in this in this country, I think we've had obviously incredible success with the women's national team. And I think we have incredible players. And I think a lot of women just stop playing even in college because they feel like they've got to go a different route because there's really not a next step for them. So I think the more eyes you can get on this and, and showing young girls and that there's an opportunity to play professional sports, especially one like soccer, I'm all for it. So long as, you know, they're able to make it happen on, on their end and, I think they'll get some eyeballs and hopefully they'll get some attention they wouldn't have received normally. They only have nine teams. I'm hoping that the 10th team that they could potentially bring in is a, a local team here uh, known as the California <laughs> Storm. I know. I'd love to see them in that tournament. That would be, uh, that would be awesome if we could, we could find a way to get them involved. I know. It, it's great. I, uh, and Brandy Chastain, is she involved in that still? Yeah, she is. Yeah, she came up and did a game with us. Man, that's 16 or 17. I don't, I'm sorry to remember though, but we did a, a, a pregame event for young girls and with Brandy and uh, she was great. We had her on the air and uh, just, just a huge fan. I think they're doing uh, really great things and hopefully we can see more of, more of them in the future. I don't know anything other than what you guys know, but I know there's been a lot of talk about hopefully a new stadium and they're part of it. So I, I'm all for it. I'll be a cheerleader. And I'll be happy to be at that press conference in any way, form, or shape. I will be there as a cheerleader. I'll, I'll be the MC that day. I'll take it. Uh, but yeah, hopefully a great day that we can see coming in the future. So speaking of MLS, how do you think the soccer culture in Sacramento is going to change? What's, how's the, what's the landscape going to look like once MLS is here? You'll have more of the casual fans. I think you'll have more of the families um, who will, will come out and be interested in the games but i also think you'll see more people taking interest uh at a, at a kind of a more hardcore level like you have with the kings you know right now i think there's there's a lot of people who are big fans of the republic and the atmosphere and watching the team play but a lot of them probably don't know probably couldn't name five other players on in the rest of the league right and i don't blame them um but you get to mls level now you're talking big international names you know chicharito and some other you know obviously Zlatan. 
um, Carlos Vela. And so there's so many other big names that would come through that would excite people. And even though those people may have come from LA, moved up here, well, now they're, they're Galaxy fans. That's okay. I think that's great, right? Like it's not that everyone asks me in Sacramento, you have to be a Republic fan. I think that growing the game also means that younger kids will fall in love with different teams and you'll have a bigger draw and a bigger interest in the overall league, which will then get them interested in the actual play on the field. And you'll, you'll have the more, you know, more interest in the, the podcast and the, in the blogs and other writings and media attention. So I think that's where it'll change. I think the support for the club is there. I just think it'll amplify a bit. You'll probably get people driving in from Reno and Reading and other places that probably wouldn't drive in to come to Republic game, but they'll come watch an MLS match. Yeah. I mean, we, we are really fortunate, I think, to to have that amazing, you know, soccer culture in, in Sacramento. And, you know, like we, we saw it with our very first friendly where, you know, we drew 20,000 plus in, in a community college stadium. So it's, it's really amazing. Um, so I wanted to ask you, you know, in, in your opinion, why is it that we have like such an amazing culture here that's, you know, much stronger than elsewhere in California and, you know, even for the country for that matter? Well, I, I think you, you have to do this organically and you have to do it right. I think you look at um, what happened with Shivas USA and you look at what it became in LAFC. I mean, you, it, you couldn't have picked complete polar opposites in terms of how a club is run, how a club is developed. And they did a lot of things right with LAFC. And I think, you know, the people who run that, you know, gotten to know quite a few people in the executive team and on the club side and they're top notch people. And I don't, I'd like to say that about LA teams, but it's true. And I think that, you know, they were able to capture something there. And I think there's been some, you know, hardcore galaxy fans, I think the Bay Area is just a different animal. I think it's hard. And maybe if they were near, you know, Oracle Park or near the Chase Center, maybe it's different for San Jose Earthquakes. I don't know. Maybe not. Um, but I think in Sacramento, it's something we organically built. This is ours. And I said this even before that the, the Kings relocated here. The Kings have tried to leave a few times. And there's ownerships and we kept them now. And, you know, they're, they're a part of our, our city and we never wanted them to leave. But I think there's something when someone breaks your heart a little bit and the only time that we've had our hearts breaking broken by the Republic is when they don't advance the championship. I mean, think about that. They've made the playoffs every year. We have incredible fan bases. We do have a star on above the crest, but um, I think that all of that matters. And when you look at clubs that are successful, um, I think it's because there's a, there's a genuineness to it. And I think the people involved all help that. Um, and it's, it, people want to be attracted not only to winners, but things that feel good. And I think the Republic embody really something that feels great and something you want to be a part of. Yeah, I I can agree with the Chivas USA. I mean, in fact, I always say that I think that that was probably one of the worst mistakes that MLS ever made. I mean, you know, I, I get, you know, what they were trying to do with Chivas USA. They were trying to get more Mexican fans, get more, maybe Chivas fans specifically, but I think where they went really wrong is that you can't have the same team in two countries, especially with the kind of uh, culture that they have in Mexico, which they tried to kind of adopt here. But, you know, that's a big no red flag. Um, And so it was a big mistake and they wanted to create a rivalry with the Galaxy. But I I just never saw that going anywhere just because they were really limiting the fan base, too. So I'm pretty sure they weren't getting uh, medical fans they would never support, you know, a team that sure. had that name there. And 
you know, I think even outside fans, I mean, LA already had LA Galaxy and anyone else, I mean, they saw this team and they just, I think it was kind of confusing. And then LAFC comes in. I had the opportunity to go to their stadium a couple of times and it's a really good location right in downtown LA. <laughs> um, and so they, they really did a good job in, in choosing that facility and choosing the area where it's in because there's a big passionate fan base and you get a lot of the big Laker fans that, you know, are pretty much there too. So it, it was definitely a good, good thing for them to do. Well, she was, she wasn't authentic, right? And that's what it comes down to when you're not authentic, it doesn't work. And when people feel like you don't really deserve it or what is this you're trying to to thrust on me? I don't, I don't like it, but you know, LAFC had more time to tap into that culture. I mean, I, I was surprised Atlanta though, right? Like that they did an amazing job of tapping into United because Atlanta is a, a place of all these transplants. And so they've never really supported a lot of the teams there because they don't feel like it's theirs. This was their team. And so I think when you do that from the beginning, you're in pretty good standing. So for me, the Republic have done that since day one and continue to do that. And hopefully we'll see that through 22 and beyond. Definitely. So now it is time for my favorite segment and everybody's favorite segment, New Glory Rapid Fire. Today's Rapid Fire is brought to you by New Glory Beer. Check them out online at newglorybeer.com or visit one of their locations in Sacramento or Granite Bay today for some great beer and awesome dishes. So the rules are simple, Rob. Uh, We're going to ask you some rapid fire questions. You can only pass twice. You won't know what's coming until you either pass or answer the question. Any questions? (laughs) No, let's go. I'm ready. All right. First question is, uh, what was your most embarrassing play-by-play experience or call? I'm trying to search for one. It's probably when I've fumbled something. I've probably have said names wrong. That's always tough. And we had a lot of the, uh, we had Liga MX and some of the uh, European clubs come over. Uh, Let me tell you, it is the worst because they don't give you a roster on time and they love to change jersey numbers. So guys, you've maybe watched on TV and I don't memorize everybody's faces, especially if they're the 10th best player on, you know, on a Newcastle side. Um, And when they're wearing a different jersey number and you're very confused and uh, you get a lot of heat. So that's probably the most embarrassing, but not really fair. Liga MX is absolutely the worst. We used to get the roster and there'd be 30 names on it. And then half the names wouldn't be right or they'd only give, you know, one of the names, but that's not the name they go by. So then the fans are upset that you're calling a team that you've never watched in your life the wrong name. But so that's that's maybe the most embarrassing. I can't think of a call that I've completely butchered, but I'm sure there's plenty out there. Just go to the YouTube streams. (laughs) Hey, Rob, I have a question. Uh, you see a name on a paper. It's it's, it's spelled H E N R Y. How do you say that? Oh well, if it's Thierry Henry, then you say it that way. But if it's Henry, then you go with Henry, depending on what uh, the person where the person hails from is how I would say. Oh no, it depends where you <laughs> hail from. Just like you said, I can't pronounce the the, the names right. You, yeah. that's the same thing, man. Yeah. Oh man, that is a crazy name though. I mean, you only know that is when you when you hear. It. But yeah, I mean, if someone just gave me that and that was the only thing I was given on a piece of paper, you'd say Henry absolutely. Ten Thank ten. you. It's like Giannis. I can't say Giannis's last name to save my yeah. life. I don't think I don't Adekubo. think anybody had yeah. Yeah. a Yeah, but after hearing it so many times, you know. But when you first meet the guy, you're like, uh. Yeah. Hey, that's okay. Um, Dominic Jakubek, our uh, goalkeeper for a couple of years of the Republic, so. On the pronouncing sheet, so he went by Dominic Jakubek, 
but on the pronunciation, it would say Jakubek. And so everyone would call him Jakubek. And I, so I'd, I'd ask him, like, what do you go by? He goes, well, it's Jakubek, but I don't care. I'm like, well, you have everyone saying a different way. And now they're saying I'm doing it wrong when you told me. So that's that's always a fun one, too, when, when players don't even care. And then it's just always different for every game. So. Hito, uh, Turkoglu was the same way when he first came to the Kings. They were like, is it Turkoglu? And he's like, sure. <laughs> Uh, which former Republic player do you miss the most? Oh, just for watching Gilberto. He was so fun. I mean, you talk about breaking ankles. Uh, he was just, he, he did way too much of the ball at times. Uh, who cares? It was fun. I mean, it, uh, the game on the line running down the right flank. I don't know if I'd want him, but he was fast. He actually had a lot of talent. Um, he was the most fun personality wise. Uh, probably Jakubek. He's too funny. He's just a he's a character. Um, there's a true or false statement. The Republic support will be larger than the Kings in five years. Oh, true. Favorite Republic moment. Oh, the miracle of Bonnie. Would you rather take second or third place? Oh, uh, uh, in the standings or at the final uh, in the playoffs? How does that? Let's say. Am let's I, say I like, the rapid fire. No, let's say let's say in in like a tournament. Oh, second. You want to be in a championship game, especially if I get to call it. There's nothing like it. it, it should, there's if something you knew you were going to take second, if you walked in and you knew you were yeah, going to take second. Absolutely. Second. <laughs> there you go, John. There you go. No one remembers sure. third. <laughs> but see, okay, here's, here's my thought behind this. And <laughs> I thought this was rapid fire. You're really changing the rules on me. Yeah, we, we, no, we, we always get in an argument. We have, we have follow-up questions. <laughs> <laughs> we have follow-ups for our follow-ups. Uh, <laughs> So though I always say like in a tournament, right? You play group stages, you you go on, you keep winning, but you you lose out on playing in the final because of goal differential and you go win third. Isn't that the same thing? Like I don't I don't want to be king of the losers to take second. Like if the third place team How is, is third better, better, it's the same I, amount of losses. I, no, but it might not be. Next. I'm saying pass. Uh, wow. <laughs> there you go. Case closed, John. <laughs> uh would you rather kiss the crest of Reno or the other Polly? Oh, the fake Polly that no one cares about? Pomona? The Pomona. No one even knows who that is. Well, that's the other Polly. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Cal Polly Pomona. When people ask you, what, do you, you go to Cal Polly? Which one? I go, the only one. But oh, Danny loves that answer. I do. <laughs> All right, Rob, you got to marry one, love one, or and leave one stranded. Buckle, oh, Precky, and Elliot. Oh, marry, marry one is Paul. He's, 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 he's too nice. Love one's Precky. Leave it, uh, Simon. Who is the one player that you had all these notes for saying how great they are, and you <laughs> got there, and it was just like, you stink? Uh, well, I don't. I don't know about that. Usually what happens is you find out they're not playing. And so you've made them the player, the match that you're going to key in on. They've had like this amazing run. So we build like you're producing. We start on Tuesday typically. And so that's always the worst when now, you know, 30 minutes for the match, we're scrapping everything and we're trying to fill holes. That's usually the worst. Or we have like a halftime feature that, you know, the club has worked on. And then in training, they got hurt on Friday. So that's, that's always just, you know, because now you can't really just re scrap a whole halftime feature that they've built for four to five minutes and do something else. That's that's always uh, a fun time to try to do all that. What play by play announcer do you study and try to mold yourself after? 
Uh, I, my boy is Arlo White. Absolutely love how he does EPL games. Um, he he's definitely probably my favorite in terms of soccer. Um, the the guy that I really do listen to. I think John Strong does a great job as well for Fox. Um, although John's a little younger than me, so I don't I, I can't look up to him. He's also shorter, maybe. So, but they're great. They're they're a great team. I think him and Stu do a good job. What four players from any time in the history of soccer would you build your team around? Um, Messi, obviously. Um, I think Ruud Hullet. I think he's he's. I don't know if they would match. So chemistry throwing chemistry out the window. Uh, Johan Cruyff. And I'm going Pulisic, Christian Pulisic. I'm going to put them in there. It's a new one. It's a new one there. I've not heard. Uh, I've not heard that young guy uh, brought into one of the teams. Hey, see, when you listen to this in ten years, I went like, "That's a smart boy right there." They're going to think he was he was on it. He was a man before the <laughs> or times. maybe not. We'll find out. <laughs> he, he may have an oblique problem the rest of his life. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, yeah. All right. So you made it through. Congratulations. Uh, you made it through new new glories uh, rapid fire. We have one, one question um, left. It's a reboot question. So we all have a moment in life that we had to start over, correct ourselves, almost like a golf mulligan. Can you share the moment you had to have a reboot, whether it was life, sporting, or even academic? Whew, man, uh, it's so it's so hard because I think you want things at a time. And then you don't get it. I was up for a job at KMBR at one point in the Bay Area and I didn't get it. And I was pretty crushed. And I'm so glad I didn't because I ended up staying in Sacramento and ultimately getting this job. I probably would end up job probably have been fired a long time ago uh, just because of cuts or whatever. But I think that, you know, there was opportunities where I had an opportunity to even go to LA and work for a station and I didn't take it. And I think there's those moments that, you know, your higher self or however you want to, you know, say God, whatever leads you in a path. And I think to me is I was always meant to somehow be involved with this Republic team. And so when I think of professionally, I, I think those moments that I thought were failures at the time, I'm, I'm glad they didn't work out because I get to be here with you guys on the podcast today. Yeah. What well, we've said, uh, similar things too about our podcast too, and how we, you know, we all got to meet each other. Thanks to this podcast. And, you know, now we're here interviewing you. So it's, it's been an amazing, uh, moment, I think for us, you know, to be able to, to interview like local celebrities and just interview anyone that we've interviewed here on the show too. So it's, that was a good answer. So it's time for our uh, last call, Rob. Uh, we're going to ask you two more questions and we will start with this one, which is one of our favorite questions to ask here on the pod. Uh, what does community mean to you? What does community mean? Uh, I would say respect. I think when you think of community, you think of, the people in, in your area, your region, or your you know close circle. And I think you respect them when you understand them. And I see when our community gets better, you know, there's, there's less hate, there's less dissent, um, at least really negative. Obviously you're going to maybe dissent about what type of food you like, but talking about real, real life, major things. I think, you know, race becomes to crumble down. Sexual orientation doesn't become a thing. When that community gets bigger, I think you respect more people and you respect yourself uh, so I think that's what the first thing I think of when I think community. And Rob, how can people get a hold of you? Drive by my house. No, I don't. Uh, <laughs> just uh, DM me on Twitter, you know, at Rob underscore McAllister. Uh, and, you know, follow me there and uh, talk soccer. We'll, we'll get it going. But I'll tell you what, I, I appreciate you guys getting me on here. It's it's always fun to be able to do this and keep the spirit alive. Uh, my vacation 
feels like it's ongoing right now, but I would be happily have it to come to an end if it means we're going to be playing games and I'm back in the booth. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, like I always say, hopefully we see, you know, our sport come back, even, you know, if we have to do something like Bundesliga where there's no fans. I mean, at this point, we just want to see the game again. And I mean, you being our play-by-play announcer, you're going to give life to our game. So that's, we're good with that. You know, that's, we don't ask for anything else, even if we don't get to watch it live. All right, so if we get games, I'll just have you guys go in the background. You just have to, to cheer and clap really loud and make it make the atmosphere. Oh yeah, that could work. Actually, Danny being uh, <laughs> being with Los Unicos, he actually has a, his drum set too. So perfect. Who needs to hear just the Vuvuzelas? We'll just just do the whole. We'll get the whole band. It's like the one man band type thing going there. Get all the instruments and all the noisemakers. Had I known that, I would have told Ray Bear to give me his uh, Vuvuz, but he got rid of all of them. <laughs> So, Rob, thank you for uh, taking the time to join us this evening. I wish you the best of luck and hope to do this again soon, but talking once uh, soccer is live, man. Yeah, I know. That would be great. Thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Rob. Today's guest was brought to you by the Mikuni Dreamline. Mikuni is offering $15 off your order of a platter and has now made it easy to order with the Mikuni app. Please make sure to pre-order, stay in your car when you arrive, and they'll deliver your meals straight to your car. Visit them today at mikunisushi.com or download their app available on the App Store or Google Play. Also, guys, don't forget to follow us on all social media platforms. You can find us on one of our Facebook pages or both of our Facebook pages, one of them being Sacramento Soccer Fans, where we talk everything soccer, have fun, post pictures of soccer memories, anything you want to post on there, you can post on there. You can also find us on our second p- Facebook page, Sacktown FC Podcast. Uh, we usually have upcoming uh, pods, um, guests that are coming on as well. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at Stacktown FC. Also, you can... Oh, hey, well, time out, bro. Time out. Hold up. Wait a minute. Anyway, are you okay? Are you stopped now? Yes. Okay. What's going on? I'm so confused. Nope. I'd be confused too, but don't forget about our amazing partners, the California storm. Uh, obviously this group of, uh, awesome people have given us the opportunity to work and partner with them on, on such great causes like the boot drive we've recently done. And we want to make sure that we continue to do great things within our community, um, together as, as we have done a really good job. We've gotten 175 pairs of boots to date. Uh, we're looking for that magic number 200. So if you have a pair, make sure you get them out to us. Uh, you know, direct message us, send us an email, either us or the California Storm. We'll come pick them up from you, but check them out. Make sure you get a hold of us as well. You can find them online at calstormsoccer.com. They can be found on Instagram and Twitter at calstormsoccer, and obviously on Facebook, California Storm. Check them out today. Hey, Luis, why don't you hit them with some of that uh, that uh, video game stuff you play, like that thing called Fortnite that 12-year-olds play? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So you guys are in the gaming world. Uh, you guys probably know about Twitch. It's the platform where people stream live. Uh, you guys can find us on there, Sacktown FC. We stream FIFA 20 games. I've had the chance to play against uh, different people. Um, if you're up to the challenge, I'm up to the challenge. Uh, all we ask is that you please don't rage quit. If you do rage quit, you are going to be actually rage quitting in front of a live audience. So you know, think about that before you rage quit, especially if we. We do a Twitch live. Um, you can also find us on Xbox and PlayStation. On Xbox, we're under Sacktown FC. I use that gamer tag. I play FIFA 20, sometimes Fortnite. 
I do have to say I usually pay Fortnite only when it's someone else that I know that's playing. I don't enjoy it too much if it's just me playing. So if you play that, you can play. If we play against, you might beat me because, you know, I'm just not good at at those kind of games. But FIFA 20, I feel like I'm a little more decent. So I'm up for that challenge anytime. Um, if you're on PlayStation, you can find us Sacktown underscore FC. John manages that account. He also plays FIFA 20. Not Fortnite yet, but, you know, maybe he might someday nope, get, you know, never nope, say never. No, nope, nope. I'm saying never. Uh, <laughs> I'm saying but, never. Like Mr. Like Mr. Power said he would never play you again because he wasn't good enough. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so true statement there. Um, so he plays FIFA 20. If you guys want to challenge him, he's always up to the challenge too. So let us know if you want to challenge us and, you know, we, we can coordinate uh, some time and play against each other. Uh, you can also find us on our website, sacktownfc.com. You can find all of our episodes. You can also find our episodes for Sacktown Mekis, which is our Liga Meki series of podcasts where we do reviews, weekly reviews. Uh, once the league comes back, we'll be re- doing weekly reviews in English of the games and how those went. Uh, we do interviews. Uh, most of them have been in Spanish so far, or I should say all of them have been in Spanish so far. Uh, so if you do speak Spanish, if you're learning Spanish, we invite you to check those out. We've had some really amazing interviews with uh, former players that have played in Liga Mekis and one uh, player that played at Liga Mekis and is still active. Uh, so please, please check those out there. You can also find our Soccer Pulse column, which is written by our one of our other co-hosts, uh, Seth Kasipli. Uh, he talks about anything going on in the soccer world. Uh, really interesting articles that he puts up. So please, please check them out. Um, you can also find out more about the squadron, which is our form of a supporters group, where you can find out different perks that you can get by joining different memberships of our group. And it really helps us out a lot, helps us out with the cost that we incur with the podcast. And, you know, you help help us grow the podcast. Uh, a little more each day as well so thank you to everyone who's joined there um and also you can also contact us if you have a question if you have comments you'd like to tell us please please fill out that form and let us know your thoughts as well this podcast is powered by reboot reboot is a nonprofit organization whose sole purpose is to help more kids play soccer while creating opportunities to practice generosity empathy and leadership Check them out at Reboot.Soccer, where you can find out more ways to be a part of the program and help reboot your community today. That's all we have for today's episode. A special thanks to Rob McAllister for taking the time to join us and to you as well for taking the time to listen. Make sure to subscribe, give us some positive comments, and check out our episodes at SacktownFC.com. Till next time, cheers, everybody. Thank you for listening, everyone. See you next time. Later, guys. Take care out there.